compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and his tender mercies are over all his works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. They sh uh, shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and the glory, ma glorious majesty of his kingdom. Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. It's a little bit more than half of the psalm, but if you remember, David wrote a psalm, and it's the only one of 150 that's entitled what? Psalm of praise. It is the psalm of praise, the psalm of praise. Not the only one, but the only one titled the psalm of praise. And certainly we are going to learn about praising God from this psalm. So let's pray. Ask God to give open our eyes and to give us understanding. Father, help us to learn about praise. I pray that our time tonight would be fruitful, that we would contemplate who you are and that you'd speak to us as we uh, lay foundational work and understand some of the basics, ask, answer a number of questions, and then as we look into who you are and what you've done, Father, may we understand why praise is needed and may we give it. And I'll thank you for what you'll do and how you'll help us this evening. In Jesus' name, amen. Tom Eliff was speaking about a very important subject. He called it intimacy with Jesus Christ. Uh, in fact, he argued that intimacy with Jesus Christ is a major in issue in the life of every believer. At the conference in which he was speaking, he said this, No man of God is in so perilous a position as the man who has lost his place of intimacy with Christ. At the very least, he will become, as John Bunyan said, a painted flower that has no fragrance, a painted tree that has no fruit, a painted fire that has no warmth. And at the worst, he will set aside his convictions, his spiritual conscience, conscience and ultimately, maybe even, his calling. Uh, Elif went on to share about a respected friend, actually his mentor, who at the height of his uh, pastoral ministry made a huge, horrible moral choice that cost him everything. He left his wife and family, ended up marrying his secretary. Elif said everything changed in his life. He had an opportunity to sit down with the, the man who had lost his ministry and ruined his life. And he said this, he said, what precipitated the moral failure? And the man confessed, he said, he lost his position of intimacy with Christ. The man used these words, he said, I forgot it was daily bread I needed. Elif recounted that the mentor had ceased a regular study of the Bible and a close walk with God. Now, let me tell you, it's not just pastors who need intimacy with God, but every believer. So what would you consider to be the keys of intimacy with God? Uh, we think of two things, don't we? What would they be? To maintain intimacy with God, what do I need daily? Prayer and Bible reading. 
Can I also add something to that? It's what we mentioned last week because the psalmist mentions it. But it's never mentioned when we talk about an intimate relationship with God. At least I've never heard it mentioned. Every time I hear people talk about intimacy with God, I hear people talk about prayer. I hear people talk about Bible reading. But what is it that the psalmist is doing here? Praising. And what does he say in verse 2? What are the first few words? Every day will I bless thee. Now that is where we left off last week. As we got to Roman numeral 3, we are told when we ought praise. We've been kind of answering questions. We've been making statements, and those statements have become the subject for the points underneath. So when are we to praise God? Pray. Did I say pray? When are we to praise God? When are we to be involved in this very... Uh, important, and if you would, if you would understand an act of intimacy with God, when are we to be involved? Well, he says uh, very clearly daily, and the reason we should daily be involved in praise is because daily we're receiving from the gracious hand of God. Remember all his benefits, and that, that would be a, a weight, a load that God puts upon us of good things. All right, not, not bad, not bad, good things for which we ought praise him. But do you realize that in verse 2, God gives us really two more ideas that should be added to this thought of when? And it, it begins with, or second point would be, not just daily, but as well continually. Every day will I bless thee. Now, the idea of every day is that daily I should be involved. But uh, what's interesting is the word every not only suggests each day, but the word can also mean whole or all. So what does that mean? Not only should I daily be involved, but also the idea is continually. Every day, all day, the whole day. Because that is indeed what the word can mean. And it very well might be fitting in this, in this uh, passage to understand it that way. So the psalmist wasn't just saying, look, every day I'm going to be involved in this, but every day, all day, the whole day, praise is going to be part of my life. So if you want to know when, quite honestly, there's just never a time that's not fitting to give praise to God. And indeed, if that was his intent, and it seems like it may have been, then intimacy with God is more than just a couple minutes of, thank you, God, for giving me food. But it really is just seeing God's hand all day and just thanking him for it whenever you see it and praising him for the things he reveals about himself. Now, not only is it daily, not only should it be continually, but then we learn in verse 2 one other thing. Every day will I bless thee and I will praise thy name. Okay, so daily, continually, eternally. Oh, I had to mess it up. Sorry. No alliteration. All right. We couldn't get it anyway. Unless you go D, C, we'd have to go backwards to B in order to make sense, right? All right. So say, what do you mean? Daily, uh, continually. All right. Forget it. Eternally. All the, uh, all the time forever. Someone penned these words. He said, Throughout, through all eternity to thee, a joyful song I'll raise. But, oh, eternity is too short to utter all thy praise. And how true that is. 
Notice verses 1 and 2, the same uh, promise he gives to bless God forever and ever. In fact, notice he does say at the end of verse 1, I will bless thy name forever and ever, and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Blessing and praise both are to be done, and they're to be done forever. Now, you know, that's because God's praise will never end. There, there's never going to be a time when he's not deser deserving. Do you know succeeding generations will all have the same privilege and duty to praise God that David had and that we have and that Adam and Eve had because he doesn't change and he's always deserving of praise. A preacher told about a man he led to Christ. He said, I led a man to Christ who loved the sunny country of common sense, but he couldn't put up with the mysteries of godliness and he would always shove common sense at me while I kept trying to show him about the mysteries that held the, the meaning of faith. So one day he said, Pastor, you know this new eternal life I have? Well, I've been thinking about it. What are we going to do all day long for eternity? So the preacher said, well, praise the Lord. Forever? For 10 million years we're going to stand around and praise the Lord? This guy said, new believer, understand. Well, yes, preacher said, although heaven was beginning to sound like cable television. That was the preacher's words. He said, for millions and millions of years? Couldn't we just stop now and then and mess around a while? Preacher said, I kidded him about his dumb questions. But then he said, I have to admit similar questions on my own at times. And then he closed with these words, how meager understanding of praise and of heaven. You see, praising God will be a delight and a desire continually, maybe because we'll understand for the first time in great depth what our Lord has done for us. The truth is we should be seeking to grasp that truth as much as we can now. Understanding that uh, our God is indeed worthy. And the book of Revelation is clear that God's people are going to all be singing God's praise all the time. Now we're told as well how to praise before we get into the what of praise, we've got to spend a little bit of time and consider uh, what the, the psalmist says as, again, it's the only psalm entitled the psalm of praise. So how are we to praise? Well, it should be done specifically. And let me share with you some of the different words that are found in this passage. You might be able to find some others, but uh, I'm just going to share uh, three with you real quickly. Uh, first word we can mention is found right at verse 1. What, what does he say? I will extol. All right, so how are we supposed to praise God? We're to extol God. What does that mean? Hey, listen, don't just say that's what we're supposed to do. You've heard that word many times, I know, because you find it many times, in, especially in the book of Psalms. What does it mean to extol? All right, it means to praise, uh, to if you would, to exalt or to lift up. Do you know what seems to be much of what's happening in Christianity today? 
It's bringing God down to our level. Now, there is a sense in which uh, we have the wonderful privilege of calling him our father. But the mentality of Christianity has, in a sense, I think, taken God off the pedestal he belongs on and has tried to, if you would, or has, has maybe robbed him of the glory he rightfully deserves. So that in many ways, we're making God our good buddy, our pal, our friend. And by the way, he is our friend. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And yes, he is someone that is near and dear to us. And he is very, uh, we can enjoy, if you would, a, a great intimacy with God. He is our father, but we are his son. And there is a reverence we ought hold, and, a, and there is a respect we ought have. I'm, I'm afraid that not only are we in our understanding of God trying, in, in many cases, bringing him down in Christianity, but it seems like in some senses we're lifting men up like we're amazingly special. You know, a lot of preachers and a lot of preaching today is focused on how wonderful man is that Jesus Christ would die for him. When quite honestly, the opposite is true in Scripture. Oh, wretched man that I am, Paul said, and he had an understanding of the fact that man's down here and God is up here. And sadly, we're losing that kind of reverence and respect for God. And so if we're going to praise God right, we, we need to understand that lifting him up is what needs to happen. And not lifting man up. And not trying to make men happy. And not trying to please people, but trying to honor God which indeed is important. Uh, what should be happening in our churches, our lives, and our thinking is that God ought to be exalted. God ought to be lifted up. He ought to be adored. He ought to be magnified. And proper praise does that. Not only should it be specific in, in lifting him up, but another word is found uh, actually uh, in four different verses. In verse 1, I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless uh, that word is found in verse 2. Uh, Every day will I bless thee. Verse 10. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Verse 21. Let all flesh bless his holy name. Uh, this is another word describing praise. Um, it's, by the way, I would say a key word in, this, in the Psalms. We brought out often its meaning. Does anyone remember what it means to bless? Ah, thank you very much. To kneel in adoration. Oh, someone actually, wow, okay. You made me happy, you know that? Wow, all right. So it does. What's that? Cheating. He was cheating on something. Uh, <laughs> all right, you got bonus points, man. All right. To kneel, it does picture someone bowing in reverence or falling prostrate before someone who is of great importance, utter humility, respect, reverence. To me, extol and bless are kind of two sides. It's God is lifted up and I am lowered. And that really is what praise is about. 
it's understanding who I am and getting a proper uh, understanding of my, if you would, utter nothingness before God, and as well, making him great. And, and both aspects are important. When I'm lifted up, God is not praised. When I bring God down, he's not praised. So I need, he must, uh, John said it well, didn't he? He must increase, I must extol, bless. And when we bring that into our aspect and our time with God as we praise him daily, Understanding, God, I, I'm nothing. I, I don't even know why you would do this for me. I am totally undeserving of anything from your hand. But God, you are gracious. You are merciful. You are so kind. Uh, how many times have we eaten a meal? We've praised God and we thank God for the food, but we really haven't thought about it. the fact that. Why did I deserve food? What have I done that God should say, I'm going to give you plenty to eat today? You know, it says in verse 15, The eyes of all wait upon thee, and thou givest them their meat in due season. Do you realize that you and I don't eat if God doesn't give it? Do you realize that every day? And I know we we pray and we thank the Lord for the food, but I I am very guilty at times of praying and thanking God for the food without much thought. And maybe I'm the only rotten, wicked person around here, but I suspect maybe some of you have done the same too at times. All right, now that I made you all feel bad, because blessed means to kneel and prostrate ourselves, all right? Then the third word that we find three different verses, we find the word praise. Now, that's the title of our song, Praise. Hallelujah. Okay? Now, I don't want to be disappointed, so we've defined this word many times because it's been found in most all of the Psalms. So it means... <laughs> well, yes, to praise the Lord. Okay, it does. It does. But praise, do you remember, literally... The word means to shine or to boast of someone or something. Um, here's a good question to ask because this is how I praise God all the time. Do you make God shine in your conversations with others about him? Um do you make him shine in your personal conversations with him? When is the last time you boasted about God and his work before men? Before him. Those are some questions to ask, and they're good ones. So um, it should be done specifically, extol, bless, praise. It should be done another way. Verse 4, One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. Do you see that word praise in verse 4? It's a different word. 
It's only found once in this chapter, this specific word. It's interesting because it can mean to commend someone, and that may be the understanding. But you know what it also means? To address in a loud tone. Not to yell at, but the idea is loudly to lift up your voice. So I put it this way, it ought to be done loudly. It ought to be done specifically. It ought to be done loudly. If you look at what's taking place in this chapter, there's excitement, there's joy being expressed from one generation to another about how God has worked and been known to them. And and there's an excitement about that. Look, our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our parents, our grandparents, they all need to know how great God is. They need to know what God's been doing for us and in us. They need to know who God is, and we shouldn't do it passively. We should do it powerfully. And, And yes, loudly. People should know. Sometimes, sometimes we can just be so quiet about something when, when God has been so good. Um, and then, obviously, it must be done verbally. Must be done verbally. Uh, uh, two ways, actually, specifically are mentioned in speech. In speech, one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare. Thy mighty acts. Declare is found a few different times. Um, In verse 4, we're told they will declare. And the word there means to announce or make manifest. In verse 6, and men shall speak of the might of thy terrible acts, and I will declare thy greatness. The word declare there means to score, to tally, or enumerate. So uh, the first time, it just means we announce, we make it manifest. Declare it, speak it, let people know. And by the way, that's before men. It's not silent. It's not just, I do that in my private time. I'm a a silent believer. Not according to the Bible. You shouldn't be. It ought to be declared openly. But I love that that second word declare in verse 6 because to enumerate gives me the idea that there's just a lot to talk about when it involves God and who he is and how great he is. The, the list doesn't end. So if the list doesn't end, there's a lot to share and a lot to tell. And, and may, we, may we count our blessings. Maybe that's where they got the idea for the song. You know, when he, the, maybe he studied out and said, declare means to enumerate. Uh, count your blessing. Wow, that's a good idea. I don't know. I have no idea. But I do know this, to count your blessings is a good thing. And it's an important thing. So in speech, uh, we, need to, uh, we need to enumerate, uh, to score, to tally. I'm keeping score. And this is not, uh, I'm keeping score on all the bad things. I'm keeping score about how good God is. Why don't you keep a score sheet tomorrow of blessings? Do that, would you? Tomorrow, your day, make a score sheet. And stop to count your blessings. Enumerate what God has done. And then in song, in speech and song. Um, He's saying, song, please, verse 7. They shall abundantly utter the memory of thy great goodness and shall. 
sing of thy righteousness. Do you know song service is a testimony time? And I got to tell you this, your enthusiasm and your singing is more than just participation in a service. It's an expression of your heartfelt love of God. Do you believe? Here's a challenging thought. Do you believe God was praised by your singing tonight? Um, because you were lifting him up, exalting him. And you were doing such enthusiastically, enthusiastically. In fact, uh, the last point, uh, uh, no, I have two things, don't I? It should be done enthusiastically. They shall abundantly utter the memory of that great goodness. Oh, we'll leave it there. But, but let's get enthusiastic about our praise of God. We can get excited about all sorts of things and be so dull when it comes to praising God. Yeah, you know, the, it, do it in your car when you're driving to work sometime. But just, just sometime get caught up in who your God is and and uh, and and just enthusiastically praise Him. He, He is worthy. He's worthy. Um. Yeah, I got. We're just, I'm going to pick it back up there because I want you to be excited about this. All right, enthusiasm. We need that, and we'll start to look at our list. Um, uh, Lord willing, we'll get into that next week because He has a long, long list uh, here of things for which we can praise God. How, the what we should do in the matter of praise. Father, thank you for.